Hi friends, welcome to the Grace-Based Families podcast. At Grace-Based Families, we are all about helping people bring God's grace to the forefront of all areas of their lives. And this includes our lives at work. Whether you work from home, work in an office, or are running your own business, how we treat the people we work with can define the culture around us and make or break how we experience our lives at work. Our ministry is excited to be launching a great new resource called Grace at Work, a book by Tim Kimmel and Michael Tooker. Find out more about the book and pre-order at graceatworkbook.com. Now on to the Grace Based Families podcast. Hey, Karis, how's it going? Hi, Michelle. We're excited for today. Why yes, don't you we introduce are. our guest? He's okay. a friend of both of ours. Yes. Yeah, so, so this guy is a friend. I'm not going to read his bio because that feels weird. Um, but Michael Tooker is joining us today. Um, and I mean, there's so much we could say about this guy. <laughs> so much you shouldn't say. <laughs> exactly. And, um, but we go back, you know, way, way back. And um, I think he's going to share a little bit with us about how he came to know uh, of Family Matters, then now Grace-Based Families, of our message, how that has impacted him and his family. But um, but he came to actually be on our staff and work with us for four years, um, had a huge impact in, in how we have continued to do ministry even as he's moved back into the workplace but uh you know michael's a business guy he's an mba you are a longhorn hook him horns so hook him horns i know my brother's an aggie so i guess there has to be a rivalry there i don't really care (laughs) um (laughs) and and you went to asu so so did i and uh we have that in common but he spent his first kind of 19 years of his career in financial services and a lot of that time at American Express, mm-hmm. doing big boy stuff at American Express, <laughs> yep. and then came to work with us at Family Matters, now Grace-Based Families, and since then has uh, uh, moved back into the marketplace and is the vice president of broadcast management, of, sorry, of product management for Vera Mobility's Government Solutions Business Unit. Um, they produce products that help with traffic safety, um, and your team, you manage a team that handles about $200 million in revenue Correct. doing this. So do. that's a mm-hmm. lot of revenue that <laughs> to is manage. Of, that is a lot, lot of responsibility. And, and what's behind that, you know, it's not, it's not so much about the money. I think it's about what that represents and the work that your company is doing in the mm-hmm. world. And then because of this, the position that you're in with your current company, it has offered you the opportunity to bring this message of grace that has impacted your life so deeply into a, a space that we don't necessarily hear about mm-hmm. grace-based relationships in the context of the corporate world. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if anything, I would say it's typically the opposite. That's true. <laughs> you typically hear it's a competitive, cutthroat, yeah. drive business. Every man for deals. themselves, Absolutely. every woman for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, so it, it is so, I think, countercultural, this, um, just this passion that you've had mm-hmm. to bring uh, the message of 
of God's grace. Now, for you, you're a believer, and so mm-hmm. it has that meaning to you. But even right. in a setting where, obviously, you you are with people who come from various faith backgrounds, mm-hmm. no faith background, right. um, and even in that spiritual diversity that you are among in the corporate world, there's something about grace that just grabs people. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's disarming. Uh, yeah. It's it's foreign when people experience it. They're not quite sure at first. You know what is that? And it's a, a, a different way of dealing with people, and it, it it catches them off guard in a good way. Yeah. 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 Yes. What I'd love to have you explain to our listeners, kind of your pre-Christ, <laughs> post-Christ mm-hmm. stance in the workplace, and how yeah. the grace message transformed your family and your heart. Yeah. No. Thanks for asking me that, Michelle, because it is a. Um, there is when I look at my life. There's two distinct, mm. you know, chapters, mm-hmm. if you will, to it. There was the before Christ and the after Christ. And in the, the before, uh, it was really I. I think I pursued work in the way many people do. It was mm. about um, building a successful career, about um, just uh, doing good work, working hard, establishing a, a you know, a reputation, and mm-hmm. and getting promoted. And and at the same time, that's going on building a family and doing what you kind of do in the first half of your professional life, which is just to kind of climb the ladder and build a career and, mm-hmm. and set aside some money and start building for retirement. And, and, and what I realized in that was it ended up being bankrupt, right? Mm-hmm. Because my, my pursuit of those things became more of a workaholic, um, obsession almost of just at, at any cost do good and and advance and accumulate and and and, and it started to take a toll on me personally right it was mm-hmm. at first it was as the jobs got bigger it was uh, set aside friends and hobbies and fitness and all those things right and then mm-hmm. it was even um, my marriage spent less time less time at home more time traveling mm-hmm. And then when we had kids, it was ultimately my wife felt kind of abandoned by me that I had just you know mm-hmm. this this maniacal pursuit of work, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, and and in, and and effectively just kind of came off the rails. That, that right. what I found was, while from the outside people said that guy looks successful, mm-hmm. I was miserable inside. Yeah, I was um, not a great husband, not a great father, and then kind of found myself. Uh, as I describe it, uh, just in a, in a very, you know, kind of the low point of my life, uh, my wife just saying, hey, I, I don't love you. I don't even really like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just go? And we were, you know, at that point trying to work through our marriage and counseling. And so that was the moment at which I said, hey, this whole hand is just bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, the, the professionally, it's not working out. Relationally, it's falling apart. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the moment God said, you know, I'm here. And he'd been there all along, but it wasn't until that moment that I just reached out to God and said, "Hey, yeah. I've I've made a wreck of this thing that was a great life, and yeah, yeah. if you'll uh, if if you'll have me, I'll follow you. I don't know what that means, but right. uh, you know, you'll be my my Lord and Savior, and I'll I'll follow you." Yeah. And so that that was kind of the first half. And again, people would look at it and say, "I was a successful guy, right? Likable, um, yeah, uh, successful, probably reasonable uh, guy to work for, right? Delivered good results." But then uh, as, as kind of Christ got a hold of me and I figured out what is it like to live for Christ and what, is, what are his expectations of me as a man, as a follower, as a husband, as a dad, all these different things, I started to realize that everything I was pursuing in the first half of my career was about me, mm-hmm. right? It was all very selfish. It was about um, just philosophically building a career that was based on what can I get from my job. And and one of the things that that, that uh, if, for those of you that have a chance to read the the, the book that we'll be putting out uh, later this year or early next year is there's a a real important shift is 
when you think about grace in the workplace, it's it's really saying it's no longer about what do I get from my job, but what do I bring to it? Right. What do I bring to the people around me? What do I bring to the company? Uh, and how can I be a net contributor as opposed to a net consumer um, right. of my workplace? Right. Um, well, and it, it's it's like so many other things in life, in and of itself, you know, s- being successful mm-hmm. in the workplace, making money, yeah. setting it aside for retirement, yeah. being driven. None of those things in and of themselves are wrong yeah. or sinful. But mm-hmm. what you didn't realize at the time is that those things were sitting on a throne in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there was somebody who was supposed to be sitting on that throne and, mm-hmm. and you you re- finally reached out, you know, to Jesus. And right. those things took their rightful place yeah. in the hierarchy of what became important in your life. And, yeah. and um, you know, what I have seen in you, because, you know, we're, we're close friends here. And mm-hmm. so what I have observed in you is this, that sort of voracious pursuit you've always had. Mm-hmm. You've shifted the focus yeah. mm-hmm. of what it is. And now you, mm-hmm. you just have this strong passion mm-hmm. for leading because you are just a natural leader. So mm-hmm. whatever position you're in, you're, you lead, um, but leading with grace. Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it just, it, it catches people off guard. And, and I think what is so exciting about the work that you're doing and about this book that you are co- have mm-hmm. co-written with right. Dr. Tim Kimmel, our, yep. our founder here at Grace Based Families, is that it's teaching people about something that they maybe have never experience before and imagine that a corporate setting Mm -hmm. is the first time in which you experience grace in your life right and that might i mean for those of us who are believers Mm -hmm. who have grace-based relationships in our homes with our spouses with our kids with our own families it might seem crazy that you that somebody has never really experienced grace and then the first place they encounter Mm -hmm. that is in the corporate world, but that's exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you're seeing. Yeah, it's a shocking, and it's kind of a heartbreaking thing when when you, let's say for me, because you hit it on the head, I'm still a driven person, Mm -hmm. so I can't really stifle that part of me, but when I think about what's- Well, that's how you're wired by God. That's good. Right. That's good. Right, exactly. But when I said, kind of when I hit that pivot point in my life and said, Mm -hmm. look, I'm going to make my pursuit be loving other people, yeah. Which, if I can just take a minute and define it as 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 Dr. Tim Kimmel defines it, which is the commitment of my will to your needs and best interests, regardless of the cost to me. Right. Right. So it's saying that's a very selfless, servant-minded thing. Is I'm going to look at everybody around me mm-hmm. and figure out what's what's going on with all these people. Right. What's in their needs and best interests, and I will I will sacrificially make it my pursuit of what's in their best interest. That's, that's for, for many people, there's nobody in their life who's ever done that. Yeah. Right. And that includes their parents, their spouse, right. uh, their friends, mm-hmm. because oftentimes people have just a, a series of broken relationships in their right. lives, or not necessarily even broken, just decent, good kind right. of surfacy relationships, but they never had somebody advocating for those things that were in their best interest. Right. We so model I think what we know, you know, we, right. in, in terms right. of relationships, that's how we learn to be in relationship with each other, is that mm-hmm. we model what we've experienced. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, if if there has not been some kind of a break generationally mm-hmm. where people have said no we are people of grace right. it just continues to pass sure. down yeah. mm-hmm. you know a spirit of ungrace yeah. mm-hmm. in our relationships right. yeah and and i'd say even i mean let's let's be honest i haven't figured this out entirely i mean i haven't mastered grace by any means because right. there are, if you talk to the people closest to me 
they would they would probably say at times he can be the most gracious person that I know, mm-hmm. and there's times when he's a real jerk, mm-hmm. right? And right. so, so it's a it's a it's a learned behavior because it is so foreign, right? After the fall, right. I mean, we're fallen sinful mm-hmm. people and we're selfish, and and we pursue things of that are are, are good for us or whatever, mm-hmm. and so. Um, so at times it, it's just hard, and in many ways I'm still learning. Like all of us, what does it what does it mean to be, uh, you know, a grace based person, whether it be in the workplace or in my marriage or or as a parent? So yeah, and yeah. that brings up a good question. You're in a unique role where you're a leader mm-hmm. in a large corporation. You mm-hmm. have a team of people under yep. you. But what about what does grace look like in a work? Like how would you mm-hmm. describe or define workplace? Because mm-hmm. not everybody works in a large corporate setting. Yeah, great question. And I, I define it as in its simplest form, it's whenever two people come together to accomplish a task. Mm. Right. So that can be um, if, if I'm a, a, a mother or father homeschooling my kids, mm-hmm. there's two or more of us coming together to accomplish mm. a task, which is educate my kids. Um, if I'm uh, on a volunteer board, if I'm working on a, you know, a PTA at the school, yeah. again, people coming together to raise funds and to support teachers and, and students. It could be a corporate setting. It could mm-hmm. be a, a white collar, blue collar, um, mm-hmm. large, small corporation. Really, anytime people are coming together to try to get some work done, accomplish some kind of a task together, that's a workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that can be in your home or outside of your home. So it's a, a very broad definition because I think, as, as Tim and I were thinking through what does this notion of workplace grace look like, it's not just a Fortune 500 corporate setting. Mm-hmm. It's Again, it's just anywhere where people are coming together and trying to, to, to work together to, yeah. to accomplish something. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> when I've been on volunteer committees, mm-hmm. that's when you need the most grace. That's right. That's yeah. even harder yeah. than like sometimes in the corporate setting. Sure. You just get a big mishmash of mm-hmm. people that very unique right yeah. very different yeah, yeah. yeah. as i was um kind of talking about and preparing for sitting down with you today i was talking with my husband mike uh this is karis so mm-hmm. karis is mike not michelle's no. mike and not we me are mike, mike. Yeah. And, and not you mike <laughs> right we just figured we would make it really confusing for our <laughs> listeners so mike mike and mike so with my mike I was talking to him about you coming in and, mm-hmm. and us talking about this and he he just a few weeks ago had the opportunity, and he says honor, of getting mm-hmm. to volunteer at our big vaccination mm-hmm. facility here in yeah. Phoenix. We kind of have had two big ones in Maricopa County, and yeah. so he was at the um, the Phoenix Municipal Stadium, and they need 200 non-clinical mm-hmm. volunteers a day, Wow! Mm-hmm. and they run 24 hours a day. Uh, seven days a week until yeah. everybody who wants to be vaccinated has mm-hmm. been vaccinated in our county. And he he was I said, well, how was it like? Wow. How were the other people? Because these are new people every day. Sure. Um, but they combine them with some volunteers that have been serving more long term so mm-hmm. that those volunteers can train kind of the newbies. Yeah. And um, he said one guy in particular stood out so much because he was so joyful. Mm. Mm. He was just so jazzed to be there. Yeah. I think he he was one of the, you know, repeat volunteers that would help, but um, he ran the hospitality tent. So he basically made sure that he kept every all the other volunteers hydrated, fed, brought them sunscreen, mm. you know, just made sure everyone was doing well, mm. feeling good. Yeah. And so as we were talking about the concept of, of workplace grace, he said that guy was mm-hmm. an example yeah. of workplace grace. And I don't know his background, right. his you know spiritual state or anything, mm-hmm. but it so stood out to Mike. Yeah. Um, and 
that's what you're talking about in a, yeah. in a volunteer setting mm-hmm. you know at home with our mm-hmm. kids obviously that's what our whole you know message is is how to do this in, mm-hmm. in a family setting but i do think mm-hmm. that there are times even in the work we do at home where it's more work mm-hmm. than it is family relationships for sure mm-hmm. and it's easy to yeah. forget that we also need to have grace yeah. there well i think about just being out in the backyard with my boys i mean they're 20 and 17 now but if we're out doing yard work or up on the roof or or doing something together we're yeah. that, that's yeah. a workplace right yeah. and, right and, and it can be yeah. easy to slip into sort of boss mode for sure you know especially yeah. sure. if if you're um you know depending on your personality you're mm-hmm. a natural leader or if you have a position in which you know you mm-hmm. have a team and you say do this mm-hmm. yeah. and they do it yeah mm-hmm. well try that with your teenagers it doesn't always work <laughs> <laughs> right right that's true it doesn't yeah. always work but you, you made an interesting distinction there where when when you're talking about mike working at the vaccination uh day how this guy stood out right mm-hmm. i think yeah. that's when when we talk about workplace grace I think the question is, sometimes Christians think, okay, if I want to bring my faith to work, what does it look like to stand out? And unfortunately, sometimes the person that stands out is that that Christian who's trying to jam Jesus down everyone's throat right. or mm-hmm. or quoting scripture or or um, trying to get them to, to perform in a, in a in a better way, a more you know Christian way or whatever. But I think I don't know if this guy at the clinic or at the uh, the vaccination day was a believer or not, but but I think that's how we should stand out is there's something about the, our, our joyfulness, our mm-hmm. others focused nature, yeah. um, the degree to which we're, we're finding a sense of um, fulfillment in serving others. Right. And think about that guy, he's, he's everybody who comes through has a problem. I'm thirsty, I'm getting sunburned, I'm tired, <laughs> I don't know where yeah. to go, I don't know what to do. And this guy is joyfully serving mm-hmm. those people. Right. I think that's, that's a good picture of what Workplace Grace is about is there, that we should be people planted in the workplace that finds such joy and contentment and and purpose in serving others that it does stand out right yeah. it is you know it's like that you know kind of highlighted person in the workplace that right. they just look different for some reason mm-hmm. and that reason is they're others focused well and yeah. i think one of the hallmarks of grace and grace-based relationships is that it completely shifts uh, us from a posture where when other people succeed or do well, mm-hmm. we feel threatened yeah. to a posture where when other people succeed and do well, mm-hmm. it's like we have succeeded and done well ourselves. Right. Yeah. And we can share in the celebration of other people's success in a way mm-hmm. that's really unique. And in the workplace, I think that is such a stark contrast mm-hmm. to how it can be. Sure. Um, and so if you have you know leadership over a team or if you have coworkers mm-hmm. that that have you know different positions than you you can enhance their success mm-hmm. be excited for them right. look mm-hmm. for like you said loving them looks like okay what do they need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how can i help them right. with that yeah. and sacrificially give mm-hmm. and it invests us in the the happiness and success and and um you know just the wins that other people get yeah it's like we won right mm-hmm. yeah because i mean it's the old adage right the rising tide carries all ships that right. if, if everyone if everyone around us is is mm-hmm. successful and thriving and um being successful then everybody wins right the, mm-hmm. the department does better the team does better mm-hmm. the whole the whole company does better 
And, and if, I, if I know that I played a small part in helping that person either, hey, you have a strength, let me help that come to light, or mm-hmm. hey, you've got a weakness over here that I can help protect so that you don't get blindsided and, and stumble, mm-hmm. or if you do stumble, I help pick you up and, and get you back on your way. When you see those people succeed, you don't have to take credit for it, but there is a sense of, I think, almost joy and satisfaction knowing that, hey, I played a small part in seeing that person succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hi, listeners. Kelly Wirt here with Grace Based Families. I wanted to break into this episode and tell you about a great new podcast series we're launching called the Grace at Work mini series. This series of episodes is going to focus specifically on how we bring grace-based living into our professional lives. We spend so much of our lives at work, whether it's in the home, outside the home, or running our own businesses. And our experiences of work can define every other area of our lives, including our marriages and parenting. That's why it's so important that we talk about creating a culture of grace in our workplaces. We invite you to join us for these important conversations and please share them with anyone in your life who could use some grace at work. Now on to the Grace-Based Families podcast. And can you talk about how being um, gracious or showing grace in the workplace is different than being nice? Because I think a lot of people kind of confuse that. Like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian, I'm I'm a nice person, but am I showing grace? I don't know. What does that look like in a workplace? And why is it so essential? Yeah, that's that's a big question. There's, I I would say there's a a couple things that come to mind, right? One is, um, if you go back to that definition of love, it's the commitment to to your needs and best interests. Sometimes what you need is tough love. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what you need is somebody to speak honestly with you about something, some some behavior or Mm -hmm. some action that was that was inappropriate or destructive mm-hmm. or whatever so so it's not always nice right mm-hmm. so there's there's a component of it which which can feel very um uh, warm and 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 comforting and mm-hmm. helpful but there's also a part of grace that can be very um uh, appropriately confrontational or or um, um just honest with people in an honoring mm-hmm. way right mm-hmm. and we can talk about that maybe later in another podcast but but then another thing is it's it's not about um for instance, if I said, what's the nicest that I can be? There's a, there's a very low ceiling on that. Right. But, but really what this about is about is saying, if I understand, and if, if you go back to my story, right? So, so when God found me kind of at my low point and, and he showed his grace to me in terms of restoring my marriage and giving me a sense of purpose and work and, and, and all of these things and restoring my family, all these different things that he did, if what I say is that's what I want people to experience through me is God's mm-hmm. grace. So it's really God working through me, and I'm just a prism through which God can shine. Then, then, then again, it's not about my niceness because that's mm-hmm. only that's only going to get anyone so far in the workplace. It's finite. It's mm-hmm. very yeah, finite. Your ability right? to be nice, right. well, is finite and fluctuates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, based on how hungry I am, usually. So. <laughs> exactly, or how tired, or, <laughs> or how, how tired, what kind of day. or how much right. caffeine I've had, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I think if if you said people in the first half of my career, they would say Tooker's a nice guy. Right. Yeah. He was a nice guy. I mean, he, but, and yeah. yet I was selfish because I was trying to get all the ingredients, all the people, all the resources mm-hmm. to work together to get success that was for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the company benefited and other people benefited as well. But at the end of the day, if you look really closely at what was motivating my behavior, right. it was, it was very selfish. 
versus now I think people would say similarly, yeah, he's a nice guy, but it would be like, no, he's a different guy. Mm -hmm. Can't put my finger on it necessarily. Some people maybe that know my full story can put a finger on it, but they would say it's not about, it's not about being nice. Mm -hmm. It's about really, he, he cares for me in a way that nobody else cares for me. And Mm -hmm. he, there's something that's flowing through him that's different. Mm -hmm. And that's my hope would be, they're not saying, hey, Tooker's a nice guy. It's like, no, I actually maybe caught a glimpse of God working through mm-hmm. him or I experienced something very right. different. And so that's, mm. so there is a big distinction. It is mm-hmm. not nice. Grace is, is something much different right. than just nice. Yeah. If we think about grace, you know, our definition is treating others the way God treats us. Yeah. God isn't always nice. Right. I mean, you read the mm-hmm. in the Bible, like mm-hmm. <laughs> he was not always <laughs> yeah. super nice. But like you said, there are boundaries. Grace doesn't mean... Mm-hmm people can walk all over you yeah. or take advantage of you or mm-hmm. and that, the, there that aren't you rules. don't have expectations right. of appropriate behavior and, yeah, sure. and especially in the workplace mm-hmm. you have expectations of hey here are our goals that we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. here's what you know your piece of it that you've been asked to do right i think the shift though is in a grace-based work environment if somebody is not hitting their goals or being able to rise to the challenge mm-hmm you look at it and you say, what do they need to be able to be successful? Right. Because, you know, you start with the assumption Mm -hmm. that they want to do well. Right. The vast majority Mm -hmm. of people want to do well. So if they're not, what is, what's happening that Mm -hmm. is, is blocking them from being able to do well? Yeah. And this is an approach. I mean, if you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you know, in our parenting approach, this is something we talk about a lot. Yeah. You know, if your children are consistently behaving in ways that are outside mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, good character or outside of, you know, their own, you know, what you expect from them, there's probably some kind of a need there yeah. that's not getting met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and just like in our relationships, I think there are some, and you talk about this in this upcoming mm-hmm. book you're working on, is the inner needs that all people have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just refresh us on, on sure. those? Um, yeah. And maybe talk about them in the context of, in a workplace, what does this maybe look like? Because mm-hmm. maybe we've yeah. learned to recognize it in our kids or in our yeah. spouse, but it may look different in, in a setting mm-hmm. uh, like working or volunteering. Yeah, for sure. So the, the the three needs that we talk about in the book and that we talk about in the context of marriage and, and parenting as well are the, there's a, a need for security, significance, and strength, right, which is a, a secure love, a significant purpose, and a strong hope. And so if you think about that in the, the, the workplace, the one that gets um, maybe you have to be careful with is this notion of a secure love because love is a, a, is a word that you don't often use in a workplace or at least mm-hmm. it can get torqued into a, 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 an right. appropriate way. But... Um, but but I think that's one of the most important ones is where if the way people feel loved, right? So if if, if you think about um, th- that one of those that the driving inner needs that people have is whether I'm uh, if if they work for me or if I'm a colleague or if I'm just somebody in the organization, maybe kind of unrelated through the, the organizational hierarchy. I think if, if we know that there are other people around us that actually l- use that definition of love that I gave before, they're people that are effectively watching out for our best interests. They're people right. that, that have our best interests at hand and they're willing to wade in with me relationally 
if they see there's something going on that that maybe I'm just completely unaware of, mm-hmm. or I don't understand the magnitude of, of mm-hmm. what's happening or 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 whatnot. I had a maybe a, a, a if can I share a story? Sure. I can take maybe a minute. I had a, a woman that worked for me once who very strong personality, very mm-hmm. very competent and capable, but but she was had some rough edges and kind of rubbed people the wrong way, and people started to kind of. Um, kind of tune her out, right? And mm-hmm. she and she just was she was as a result not effective in her in her job. And so at one of our one to ones, I, I I had gathered some feedback from some people at different levels that worked with her to try and pinpoint, okay, what is it specifically that's turning people off and rendering her you know kind of in, ineffective? And so I shared that feedback with her and I said, hey, I've talked to a few people and here's the feedback I'm getting. And her response immediately was very defensive and said, well, no, that's, I used to be that way. I've been given that feedback. I've changed. Mm. I'm different. And I said, well, I've talked to eight people. Like, okay. I didn't, I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to pile on. But, but when she resisted, I said, okay, no, there was multiple people that I talked to. And here's what I would encourage you to do is I'm just holding up a mirror. I don't know the truth of it, but what I know is mm. there's enough evidence that it seems like there's something here you ought to wrestle with. And I said, go talk to some people that you trust. Are there some people in the company or outside that could validate this? And she said, yeah, let me talk to some people. She came back on Monday after a long weekend and she said, why did no one tell me that? Mm-hmm. She said, I talked to two people, one that still works at the company and one who had left. And, and they said, yeah, that's, that's the way you are. Mm-hmm. Why did no one ever mm-hmm. tell me that? And I said, I, I don't know why no one did, but I can't let this moment pass without me telling you mm-hmm. because right. I see it. And now here's, and then we work through it. And this notion of love is, you know, again, in, in what's in your needs and best interests, what was in this person's needs and best interests was to acknowledge there was an issue, work on the issue and, and change, or make a decision that, no, this is the way I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I just shared with her, look, here's my expectation. You can't continue in this way mm-hmm. and stay here, but I'm willing to work with you and, yeah. and, and help you work through this and get to the other side of it. Or if you conclude, hey, too much damage has been done or you don't want to act on that feedback, then fine, you'll need to leave and I'll work with you on a runway out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it was interesting because there, there were so many people around this person for so long and nobody had ever told her what was mm-hmm. to me glaringly obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so while it didn't feel like love to that person, probably felt kind of stinging and, right. and harsh and, um, really difficult to hear. My hope is that down the road, that person looked back and said, wow, that, mm-hmm. you know, Michael cared for me in a way that nobody had. And, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so sometimes it's hard to see in the moment that mm-hmm. notion of secure love. It doesn't always feel like love in the moment. Like yeah. Michelle, you said, God disciplines his children, mm-hmm. but he always has a best interest in, in, in hand yeah. for those who love him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, and, uh, and yeah. discipline is a form of grace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in those settings in which you have to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of act in, in almost a disciplinary manner, mm-hmm. um, we think of discipline as like some consequence that right. you get. Right. But really discipline is this process that you Mm -hmm. went through to say hey here's this feedback right Mm -hmm. would you do you want Mm -hmm. to reform this and then giving Mm -hmm. that opportunity for reformation right and change right Mm -hmm. and you know when we talk about these three sort of high level needs like you said the loved one can be hard in the Mm -hmm. workplace but i think the piece of that 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 maybe deserves more of our focus is that security notion Mm You know, security, significance, and strength. In mm-hmm. in a in a setting, especially a corporate setting, people need to feel secure enough mm-hmm. to be vulnerable right. and safe to feel feel vulnerable. Yeah. And that's one of the freedoms that you can mm-hmm. give, I think, that helps meet those needs. And so in a conversation, you know, if somebody doesn't feel any security, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
in in their job, right. in the team that they're in, if they just feel like everybody's a wolf trying to eat me yeah. mm-hmm. and take me down, right. you don't have a sense of security in which you can let your guard down and say, yeah, mm-hmm. why did nobody ever tell me this? Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to be like this. Right. I would like to change. Are you willing to work with me to do that? Yeah. Um, and so, so I think, you know, I want to continue this conversation with you and, and talk about how we drill down a little bit mm-hmm. in this. Let's sure. put some handles on, yeah. okay, in a work setting, what does it look like to try to recognize those needs mm-hmm. in our coworkers, our boss, our, mm-hmm. you know, co-volunteers, co-laborers, yeah. and then you know some of those freedoms how do we kind of put handles on what does it look like to give our coworkers the freedom to be vulnerable mm-hmm. the freedom to make mistakes yeah oh gosh holy cow <laughs> oh gosh right a lot. Yeah. yeah yeah but the, right. they feel like mistakes uh they're not so afraid of making mistakes mm-hmm. that then they lock up and they can't be effective right. you know the freedom mm-hmm. to be different yeah and the freedom to be candid, and mm-hmm. what you had with uh, with your coworker was a mm-hmm. candid conversation. Right. Um, so I, I've just loved this conversation, and and I'm excited about this upcoming book. Um, Me too. <laughs> I know you <laughs> Very are. Excited. And it's been a Why long don't you time tell coming. us a little bit about a, a little bit more about what we can see in the book coming up? Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, we, we have a working manuscript. We have some uh, folks that are working on the editing and the pre-reads on it, and so we're excited they'll be out late late this year or or first thing next year. But but it's really it, there's there's several different parts to it, right? First part is really just it, it kind of unpacks what is God's design for work. How mm. how, how did it get off track? What are some myths? Mm. Um, yeah. that, that we hold about work. How do how do some of our early experiences, whether it be from our family of origin or our mm-hmm. early jobs, how do they kind of frame our thinking about our work? Then in the middle part of the book, we really unpack the this this whole notion of grace based relationships and what are all the different levels and elements of it, mm-hmm. and how do you uh, think about wh- kind of what are those different elements and how do I ap- apply some things that will help bring out the best in people? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, that notion of if if I want to not be a net consumer of work but really bring something to my workplace, that whole middle part of the book is this is what you can bring, right? If mm-hmm. you want to be an ambassador for for God's grace in your workplace. Um, and then in the end, we get towards a, kind of a section of just things that are kind of accelerants and catalysts that can either help either either bring that to life or mute its effect. Um, mm-hmm. And so so I think it's really a, a, a useful manual, if you will. I, from, from best we can tell, there's nothing out there that really mm. provides this kind of um, help and insight into people. For that are really, and again, it's not about how do you how do you evangelize at work. Mm, right. It's really just about how do you, as a believer, take what you know about God's grace lived out and applied in your life, mm-hmm. bring that to your workplace to kind of raise the stock value of everyone around you, mm. and ultimately not only find greater sense of fulfillment for yourself in your work, but also um, raise everyone else's sense of um, you know fulfillment in their work to yeah. uh, it really change the culture of an organization and um, and ultimately right the hope is that as people start to think hey there's something different and what is that something different you may have an opportunity to share the gospel with them but it's really just about allowing God to work through you to transform your workplace mm-hmm. so. yeah and this is not an evangelism book mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. it's right. not a leadership book right Although I think it, it teach you know it deals mm-hmm. with some leadership qualities if you begin mm-hmm. living out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this grace-based right. uh, way of approaching the world within mm-hmm. your workplace, right. that's going to put you in a, in a leadership right. position, even if your position within the company doesn't right. change. Yep. Um, but it's not a leadership, you know, business leadership book. Right. 
right? It's very, very different than anything I've ever mm-hmm. encountered. And I think it's so, so needed, mm-hmm. so vital. And, um, and I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with you. If, if people want to f- kind of stay up to date on mm-hmm. the release of the book, what, do you, what would you like them to do? Well, we have a, a landing page set up, which I'll actually turn to you to ask okay. what the, uh, the web address for that is. But okay. what I would uh, encourage people to do is just go to the um, Grace-Based Relationships. Grace-BasedFamilies.com. Grace-BasedFamilies.com. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a, a kind of on the uh, You'll the, see the, the landing there. page there yep. and, and uh, be able to find out when this when the book's mm-hmm. coming out, if you want to be involved in maybe some of our uh, release activities mm-hmm. and promotions, there's going to be a lot of that kind of fun stuff that's going to be happening. And and I think you know the people who are going to be the earliest adopters mm-hmm. of this mindset are really going to be the innovators and the game changers within mm-hmm. our workplace and the yep. place that we spend so much of our lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It should Absolutely. be a place of grace. Yeah, and you think about where where are their relationships happening at the workplace? There's at the workplace. almost more than anywhere because we spend eight to you know ten twelve mm-hmm. hours a day sometimes in that workplace with other people, and so right. I, I think this message is is desperately needed. And again, while it's not about you, it's really about how you know what can you bring to your workplace. I think right. our workplaces are really starving for people that have this mm-hmm. notion of mm-hmm. servant leadership and. You know how can they bring something to work that 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 benefits everybody and raises the value for everybody around them? And I think right. th- those are the types of people that other leaders would look to and say, mm-hmm. "There's something unique about that person. We'd like them to have a greater influence on our organization." So it may be that you start with just your direct teammates of a few people, mm-hmm. maybe a department. But I think people that live this out in their workplace, what I, what I found are are really like the guy that M- Mike was telling you about at the mm-hmm. uh, vaccination um, station or clinic is. They're different. There's something yeah. unusual about them, and and so uh, those yeah. types of people tend to flourish at uh, at work. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we appreciate you listening, and um, we love you. We want to pray for you. Mm-hmm. If we can help you or serve you in any way, please reach out to us at family at gracebasefamilies.com. And we want to talk about what you want to talk about on this show. If you've got burning questions, if you're you're struggling in some area in your parenting or your marriage or your relationships with coworkers, please reach out to us. We would love to kind of drill down deeper in the topics that matter most to you. So until next time. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure to be here. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.